Good morning, everyone. Man, it's nice to see you all and hear you all this morning. It's great to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen. And bless the Lord for waking us up, getting us up, and getting us here. Uh, whether you're here in person or online, we're glad that you're here. If you're a visitor with us, I would like to invite you to text the word welcome to 704-459-5575. That number is on the top of your bulletin. Your bulletin, if you're watching online, can be downloaded online. And also that number is running across the, uh, the screen, should be. If not, it will be momentarily. So we appreciate that. As far as announcements this morning, uh, there will be a Vacation Bible School meeting next Sunday night. Not tonight, next Sunday night at 5 o'clock. Because the following Sunday is what? Bible School. There you go. You got it. And you can register your kids online uh, at uh, newhopeearl.com or on your new app, your new New Hope phone app. How many of you have downloaded the phone app? All righty. The rest of you from there on back need to get on that, okay? Uh, you can watch uh, the services online. We're, we'll be filling in the calendar uh, with, thing, with events, uh, all kind of information. The bulletin will be available there. Uh, so it's just a good tool at your hands instead of trying to search the web for something. It'll all be right there at your fingertips. So uh, make use of that as well. So as we begin our worship time this morning, hear the word of God from Psalm 99. The Lord reigns. Let the nations tremble. He sits enthroned between the cherubim. Let the earth shake. Great is the Lord in Zion. He is exalted over all the nations. Let him praise your great and awesome name. He is holy. And indeed, we have come to worship our risen Lord, the one God, the one true and holy God, the one who is enthroned over all creation, the one who put creation into place and created all things and owns it all. We praise him today. And let's go to him in prayer this morning. Father God, we do worship you this morning because you are God and we're not. We're, we're your creation. We're created in your image, both male and female, God. And we thank you uh, for allowing us to live in this time, in this place, God. We pray that, that, that we will be a blessing to you. We pray, Father, that today our worship would be pleasing in your sight. God, that we would bring a smile to your face through our worship today through our activities, through our thoughts and words this week. God, we pray that we'll be a godly example for, for those around us. God, that we might be a, a magnet to draw others to you uh, for your kingdom purposes. And God, we love you today. God, we, we worship you, we exalt you, and we praise your holy name because you and you alone are worthy. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Amen, indeed. We're going to be studying this morning about hearing the voice of the Lord and, and uh, the, the story found in, in 1 Samuel chapter 3. If you want to turn your attention there, go ahead. Um, today is our 34th wedding anniversary, so happy anniversary to you. I think it's 34, is that right? Sir? So if you think about it, we've been here 20 years and we've been married 34 years. So we spent most of our time with y'all. Praise God. Just a, 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 a few
few things. Uh, got a couple of folks I know that are getting married soon. Some of them, there's some newlyweds and uh, some Beyonce's and all out there. But let me give you two, uh, two rules for success, guys. To, if you want your marriage to last, okay? Number one is when your wife calls you, say, here I am. And then whatever she says, say, yes, ma'am. And then the second one is, whenever the Lord calls you, say, here I am. Yes, sir, Lord. To whatever He calls you to do. Whatever He wants you to do. We're continuing on in our, in our series this, this morning, a series uh, 316, where we've been looking at a number of uh, books of the Bible, and particularly uh, chapter 3 of some of those books, and we're finding that Verse 16 of some of those books are either a key uh, uh, verse in the story or uh, chapter 3 is a key story in the, in the bigger scope of the chapters involved. So today we're going to look at 1 Samuel chapter 3. If you want to, go ahead and, and turn there. And we see in this story where Samuel says, Here I am. Here I am. And so that's what our challenge for each of us today at the end is going to be. Say to the Lord, here I am. Here's your servant. Let me serve you. We find in the, in the book of 1 Samuel, we, we see the story of, of Israel's last two judges, Eli and Samuel. And then at the, at the end of it, it concludes the story of Israel's first two kings, uh, Saul and David. And so the story that's found in the middle there is a, is a story of, of significant and, and a difficult turning point for Israel as they're changing to a monarchy there. And chapter 3 is a key chapter uh, that, that brings all of that, all that about. But this passage in, in 1 Samuel chapter 3 is traditionally known as the call of Samuel. If you recall, Samuel's mother is Hannah and Hannah had no children. In chapter 1 it says her womb was closed and she had some folks that was making fun of her, downgrading her and causing her difficulty because she couldn't have children. In the day it was like a curse. But here Hannah became so, so filled with anguish and grief. She pled with God and begged with God and prayed consistently to God for a son. She promised God that, God, if you'll just give me a son, I'll give him right back to you. I promise. I'll give him back to you, Lord. Just let me experience that. You just let me have a son. When the child was born, indeed, Hannah was faithful in returning the child back to the Lord. After she had weaned him and and, and she gave him back to the Lord, gave him to the temple to be raised up in the tabernacle there. So, so Samuel literally grew up in church. You know, a lot of us say, yeah, I grew up in church. Uh, my, you know, my family drug me to church. Every time the doors were open, I was there. He literally grew up in the church. Okay, he was there every day. Eli was his, uh, the, the, the prophet there, the priest. Eli, he was... He was his mentor. 
Now in the story, we don't know how old Samuel is, but it says in verse 1 that the boy Samuel, the boy Samuel, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. Okay, so he was, he was doing tasks. Eli was grooming him up, okay, to, to live the kind of life and to teach him all that he needed, needed to know. It says, in those days, the word of the Lord was rare, and there weren't many visions. And in verse 7, it goes on to say, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And so he was a young boy, probably 10, 11, 12, 13, uh, just before the age of accountability, I would think, or right about that time, 12 or 13, somewhere around there. But he didn't know the Lord, uh, but he had been taught about Him. And we see that a lot of times in our churches today, don't we? You know, we have kids, okay? A bunch of them just went to children's church. Okay, they grew, they're growing up in church. They know the stories of the Lord, but the Lord has not spoken to them yet. Maybe you're an adult. Maybe you've heard some of the stories, but God has not spoken to you. Or maybe He has, and we've turned a deaf ear to Him. And we've not answered Him, Here I am, Lord. Maybe we've continued on in our own path, in our own life, continuing, pursuing our own agendas and our own desires, and not given our life and our heart to the Lord. Well, we see here today where, where Samuel as a young boy, brought up in the, Lord, in the church, and now the Lord is ready to speak to him. <clears throat> Samuel's kind of confused, though. He didn't know, he doesn't know it's the Lord. And so he begins running around, asking, is this you? Eli, what do you want? What do you want? Eli finally catches on. We'll see how the story goes in, in 1 Samuel chapter 3. <clears throat> says, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. And one night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the Ark of the Covenant was. And then the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am. You called me? But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. And so he went back and laid down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me? My son, Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord and the, the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel a third time. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called? Then Eli realized that it was the Lord calling the boy. And so Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And so Samuel went and lay down in his place. <clears throat> then the Lord came and stood there calling the other, as the other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears it tingle. And at that time I will carry out 
against Eli, everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin of his because of sin he knew about. His sons made themselves contemptible, and he failed to restrain them. Therefore I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. And Samuel lay down until morning, and then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision. But Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. And Samuel answered, Here I am. What was it he said to you? Eli asked. Do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide from me anything he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. And then Eli said, He is the Lord. Let him do what, he's, what is good in his eyes. And the Lord was with Samuel as he grew up. And he let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord continued to appear at Shiloh. And there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. And Samuel's word came to all of Israel. We see in the story where Samuel is, is called by God in verses 4, in verse 6, and in verse 8. And, and each time he thinks it's, it's Eli calling him, his, his mentor. That was the only voice that, that he knew that might be calling him in the middle of the night like that. Because he doesn't know that it's the voice of God. And the last time Samuel hears him, somebody calling him, it, it is Eli calling it's Eli calling him, and he wants to know what God said to him. And so as we look at this story, we see that, that hearing from God is rare. It was rare in that day. Again, in verse 1, it says, In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. And there weren't many visions. And so it was a special honor. It was a special privilege for, for Samuel to hear from the Lord at this time. And then we see that Eli was, was old. He was an old man. He was probably resting in his, in his usual place, according to, to chapter 1, near the door of God's sanctuary. Now verse 3, when we look at it, it's a, it's a pretty interesting verse. There's a lot going on in there, or could be going on in there. Verse 3 says, The lamp of the Lord had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord, where the ark of, the, ark of God was. Two different things in that, in that passage. Number one is the, the lamp of God had not yet gone out. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. Now, in literal terms, it could indicate that it was just before dawn, that the oil in the, in the lampstands had been burning all night. And so it was close to, to morning and might say shift change when they would come in and put more oil in the lamps. But it's interesting because the lampstands were not permitted to go out. And so it's interesting that it said that the lamp of God had not yet gone out. Because you see, the lampstands represented the, the very presence of God. Remember, we, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. It could also mean that it represented Israel's falling away from God. 
that their light, that their light unto the other nations, their light unto the world was, was dimming, that their light was going out. It could also mean that it, it was Eli's eyesight that was growing dim, that he couldn't see physically or he couldn't see spiritually anymore either. But remember the boy, the boy Samuel is, is sleeping near the Ark of the Covenant which remember is the source of the divine presence of God and the illumination. And so Samuel's sleeping near God and Eli had moved away from God. And so we see that here. That there. And so Eli was nearly blind, sleeping apart from the divine presence of God, from the presence of the ark. And so there's, there's a lot going on that could be read into verse 3. But we see as we read on through there that Samuel is obedient. Three times God calls him and each time he runs to Eli. Here I am. Again, remember Samuel is, is a young boy, a young man. And he's, not, he's never heard from the Lord. Words and visions of, at that time were, were, were rare. And Samuel didn't know God. And so when Samuel comes to Eli the third time, the old priest recognizes what's going on. You know, he's come in there and woke Eli up three times, three times. He comes back and, and Eli's like, hey, this is the Lord. He gains a little bit of insight again, doesn't he? His, his eyes, spiritual eyes are opened up a little bit more. And he tells, he tells Samuel to go back, that the Lord is calling him to go back and wait for him and listen for God. He does, and when he goes back, it says that the Lord comes again. In verse 10, God comes and stands before Samuel and, and gives him a, a divine visual and an audible experience. And it's here that God pronounces judgment on the house of Eli because of him moving away from God, from his lack of control for his kids. It says in verse 10, 10 through 14, it says, The Lord came and stood there calling as the, other, as the other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. At that time I will carry out against, against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin that he knew about. His sons blasphemed God and he failed to restrain them. Therefore I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. Now we know in, in reading the story that Eli himself is not corrupt. That Eli himself is not a bad person. But his two sons there had, had disgraced Eli and his entire family. They had engaged in despicable and, and corrupt activity. And now they were, they were what my, my granddaddy would say, they were just rotten scoundrels. Rotten scoundrels. Eli had warned them. Eli had scolded them. He had reprimanded them. He had, he had, 
he had rebuked them, but he couldn't control them. And they didn't listen to him. They didn't make the first attempt to change. And as a result, Eli's priestly lineage was now, was now punished. And at the end of the story, there are no, there's no mention of any survivors or successors to that priesthood. And then we see in the final segment, in, in verses 15 through 18, where Samuel has to go to Eli and, and, and deliver this, this terrible news. Think about it, to the, to the only dad that he knew. He says in verse 15 and 16, Samuel lay down until morning and then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision. But Eli called to him and said, Samuel, Samuel, my son. And Samuel answered, here I am. I find it interesting that, that Eli took the initiative here. Eli tried to soften the, the moment in this difficult situation for, for Samuel because he, he, he endures himself to Samuel. He says, Samuel, my son. And Samuel's first task is to, live, is to deliver this, this hard message, harsh message to the ones that he loved, the ones that he grew up around, the one, the only family that that he pretty well knew. It was a difficult message of, of judgment that was necessary if Israel was going to have any hope of a, of a second chance or a new beginning. You know, sometimes our work for the Lord is hard, isn't it? Sometimes following out God's command is difficult. Sometimes it puts us in unpleasant situations. Sometimes we have, have to deliver the hard news to other people. And here Samuel was doing just that to Eli. Now you can think this was, God was basically dethroning Eli at this point. And so you could imagine that, that this was a great place for Eli to become to just to start complaining, just to go off the rails, to lash out at God, to become bitter and even cause hardships for, for the people around him. But he doesn't. And, and instead, Eli graciously accepts the word of God. And even though he knows the sins of his sons fall on him and his entire house, he responds with dignity and honor. It says in verse 18, it says, So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. And here it is. Then Eli said, He is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. Because you see, he could have, like I said, he could have gone hardcore against God. He could have been bashing God in front of Samuel. He could have rejected God. He could have reacted in a whole number of different ways. But he says, He is God. He is Lord. Let Him do what is good in His eyes. Basically, he says, He is Jehovah. Let Him do what He thinks is best. And I will live by the word of the Lord. I will live by, by God's will. I will live by what God wants with my life. We see that same lesson taught in a number of other people throughout 
the Bible, other great people throughout Scripture who submitted their egos to God. We see it in Aaron and, and David and Hezekiah. We see it in Paul and Jesus. Jesus said, For I am willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. You see, at this point in the story, Eli and Samuel's roles had completely reversed. Eli's authority had ended and now Samuel's has just begun. His, his time had already started. And, and Eli now looks to Samuel for instruction and direction in the Word. We see in this and we see the rest of Samuel how, how, how God can bring about spiritual and social transformation. And my goodness, our world needs that today, doesn't it? Our world needs a, a spiritual transformation individually and socially, amen? And all the things going on. But you see, we must be wanting to and, and listening to hear God's voice. We, we can't mistake it like Samuel did for, for something else or somebody else in the world. We have to be trying to hear, listening for, for God. And ultimately, we're called to be a, a, a voice in our world. The voice of the good news of the gospel. The, the voice of God's love for other people. And sometimes, it seems like we're a single voice calling out in the wilderness. Jesus is coming. And it just seems like it falls on deaf ears sometimes, doesn't it? But let me ask you, are, are, we, are we calling out? Are people hearing the word of the Lord through us? Or are we sitting silent? You see, we're called to be a vessel used by God. We're to be a microphone for His kingdom and kingdom purposes. I notice we, as this chapter opens, it opens up with, without God's word, but then at the end it it's a proclamation of God's Word through Samuel. See, complete transformation had, had taken place there both in, in, in Samuel and society. The story opens with corrupt and discredited, uh, discredited religious leadership, but it closes with a new and, and vigorous leadership in Samuel. And so to me, that's an example of how God's Word has survived from generation to generation and how it will continue to survive for the generations to come. Because God's word will last forever. Amen? Amen? And he will bring up, he will rise up leaders and he will take down leaders that don't need to be there. He will put leaders in place that will carry forth his message and make his name known. Folks, he wants to use us to do just that. You see, with, with humility like, like Samuel, we've got to realize that we might not recognize God's call. Sometimes indeed it's hard. And, and, and it may come through the help of other people. And so we need to be open to seeking wisdom from other people. We hear God speaking through other people and the circumstances in our life. And certainly through His Word. At the same time there's fear and trembling like, like Eli to understand that that maybe those harsh criticisms from others might be the words of God's judgment. 
we need to recognize that God's word sometimes comes harshly. And sometimes it causes us to make those difficult decisions, to make those, those difficult choices in life. And then in gratitude, we thank God for His Word. We thank God for the hope in His Word. We thank God also for the judgment that His Word brings. And as we, as we look at Eli, we see that, that spiritual dimness brings a spiritual slumber. And a spiritual slumber brings about spiritual revelation. And spiritual revelation brings about spiritual recognition. We see in, in Samuel that when our spirits are awakened, we become aware. And, and through spiritual awareness, it brings spiritual revelation. And through that spiritual revelation, we... we find recognition. We understand what God wants. We understand, we hear God's voice in our life. And, and so in, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 14, a challenge for all of us, it says, Wake up, O sleeper. Rise up from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Pay careful attention then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Remember when Samuel was listening for and, and waiting for God? He heard Him. And he was expecting God. He was trying to hear God. And when God spoke, Samuel heard Him and knew Him. You see, when he sought God, he knew God when, when he spoke. He didn't mistake it for the words of the world or, or the words of someone else. He discovered God's calling and, and answered it with those infamous words, Speak, for your servant is listening. Will we answer God's call on our life today like that? Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Because you see, God is calling each of us to be His own. But are we listening? And are we responding? You see, you might have been questioning your call. Maybe you've been trying to understand if, if this is God's call on my life. Is God speaking to me? Folks, He is speaking to you. He doesn't want anyone to perish. He wants everyone come to, to come to salvation through Him. But we have to answer. We have to respond to Him. A lot of people have, have allowed Jesus to be their Savior. They denied Him lordship of their life. Maybe we've not relinquished complete control of our life over to the Lord. A lot of people have asked Him to be our, their Savior. but Far fewer have, have invited Him to be their Lord. And so will you humble yourself as the, the prophet Samuel and say those infamous words today, speak. Speak for your servant is listening. The hymn softly and tenderly says, softly and tenderly Jesus is calling. He's calling for you and for me. He's waiting and He's, and he's watching, inviting you to come home. My friend, Jesus is calling. 
He's calling us into a relationship. He's calling us to come and see and to go and tell. He's calling us not only to to salvation, but He's calling us daily into a walk with Him. To walk in His ways daily with Him. Folks, He is waiting. What will you say? Will you say, here I am, Lord? Here's your servant, Lord. Here I am. Use me. You come as God speaks to your heart. Whatever it is God's challenging you to do, maybe it's to grow in a closer and a deeper relationship with Him. Maybe it's to walk more more intimately with Him. Maybe it's to spend more time with Him. Maybe it's it's to get plugged into a new ministry or to take on a new mission. Or maybe indeed it is to say, God, I am a lost sinner going to hell and I need your forgiveness today. I need you to be my Savior and I want you to be my Lord, the Lord of my life. And I surrender my all to you. And folks, our God is a great God. A God who can transform us individually, personally, and one who can transform our society. But folks, we have to pray for it. We have to ask Him. We have to come to Him in humble admiration and seek Him and seek His guidance in our heart and in our life. Only then will transformation take place. How is God speaking to you? You come as we sing our hymn of invitation. How great is our God as we sing that, singing, proclaiming that our God is indeed a great and awesome God. Almighty God, we thank You. God, God, for Your teachings, for Your Word, for the examples of Samuel and, and, and being faithful and obedient to listening to You, to to giving way to your leadership in his life, to following after you, to being obedient. God, you are an awesome God who can indeed transform our hearts individually. You and you alone are the only ones that can transform our society from the one that is hell-bound to one that is heaven-bound. God, let us be a vessel used by you in part of that change. God, convict our hearts. Draw us to confession and repentance, God. Whatever it is you want for our lives, God, we surrender to you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.
Amen. I'm going to ask you to have a seat for just a moment. And uh, our God is great. And I said God can transform people individually and He can transform our society. Tina, would you come up? This is Tina's proud, she's proud of her grandson Justin. Justin Davis comes today to say that uh, he's confessed his sins to the Lord and asked the Lord into his heart and he wants to be baptized uh, in the coming week or week because he's leaving for the army uh, on the 20th, I think. So we're going to work out a time in between there. Um, but Tina's been talking to me about some of the questions he's had and, and, and just his struggle that he's dealing with. And he came this morning to say, I did it. I gave my life to Christ, and I've been living differently since then. So today, uh, we asked for, uh, he comes today asking for membership in New York Baptist Church. All in favor, say amen. 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 amen, and praise God. And welcome to the family of God. Justin, welcome to the, to the family of God and, and the family of, of New Hope. And we look forward to, uh, you've been on our prayer list, uh, leaving for the, for the Army in a couple of weeks, and we're going to continue praying for you and praying for Tina and the rest of your family. And I'm going to ask if y'all would to stand at the front door and uh, just give him the welcome hand of fellowship to the kingdom of God and the new hope and uh, offer a word of encouragement to him, and we'll get him baptized uh, pretty soon before he leaves out of here, okay? <laughs> 